coming up on Garden Talk. I'm old school, man. It's a, a big pin. I got a blue one and a red one. And if there's no issues, everything's in blue. And if there's issues, you'll see a couple lines in red. You're going to get some unique flavors. I had another one that smelled and tasted like ballpark hot dogs. Like, you know, like that steamy bun with just the hot dog and ketchup and mustard. You give me seeds, I'll grow them out, and I will pull that genetic code out of that seed to the best of my ability. I'm looking for the one that's struggling behind because in my experience, these squatter plants, these runts are more potent. My advice to people pheno hunting would be just grow and have fun. Don't have high expectations and really enjoy what you did, whether it's good or bad, enjoy that end result. What's up everybody, if you that don't know me, my name is Chris, AKA Mr. Grode, and this is Garden Talk, episode six. In this episode, I talk with Northwest Jay. He is a fellow YouTuber with over 25,000 subscribers. He is formerly a co-owner of Prism Labs, which is a genetics company, and he's been growing since the early 90s, so over 25 years. In this episode, we talk about pheno hunting. We talk about the basics of pheno hunting and what he does when he pheno hunts. We also learn a little bit about him, how he got into growing, and he talks a little bit about his amazing photography that can be seen on his Instagram. Click that thumbs up if you haven't already. And after the episode, be sure to leave a comment in the comment section below, letting us know what you do when you pheno hunt. We go over a lot in this episode and I hope you enjoy it. Let's just get right into it. All right, we are back. Welcome Northwest Jay. How you doing, man? I'm doing awesome, and thank you very much for having me uh, on the show. Um, I'm excited to be here, man. I yeah. finally get to be on this side of, uh, of the table, so it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, so a few years back, I was actually on Jay's podcast. Uh, he had a podcast. I think it was like three years ago or something like that. It was, I felt like it was a really long time ago, but mm-hmm. it was the first one I was ever on, and I was just talking about him before we started recording and how, how cringy I felt I was. <laughs> I was like <laughs> rambling on and so on and so forth. So I'm totally glad you privated those so nobody else can see uh, them anymore. <laughs> yeah, I felt cringy myself, I guess. That's probably why they're private. But no, it was a great show, and uh, having you on there was like an honor because you're just a huge supporter of the community. Thanks, man. Well, it's an honor to have you on here since you're oh, you. a huge supporter of the community too. You've you've done so much. So thank you. Um, so let's just start with uh, for the people that don't know you, if you could just tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of how you got into growing. Yeah. So um, in the cannabis community, I'm nor- known as Northwest Jay. Um, my friends call me Jay, and um, I basically popped my first seed back in 94. That's the year I graduated from high school. So that does date me, tells me I'm, you know, uh, in my mid forties, but it was um, nothing serious at the time. Um, my, my buddies and I literally were having like seed popping contests, like who can, and the way I did it is I would get like a flat plate, a little bit of water, a very clean sponge, so brand new sponge. And I would put the seeds in the holes of the sponge with a desk lamp, total college style. Um, and we would, we'd make like little bets with each other, you know, like, uh, you know, a little reward, um, but who can pop the seed the fastest. And on average, it was around two or three days, uh, for us. And it was cool, man. We'd just be picking out seedlings and then we'd go to the river and stuff like that and, and plant them. Nothing would happen of them. We'd come back and nothing, you know, so it was just, just popping seeds. So I started doing that in 94 and then around 98, I started taking it a little bit more serious. Nice, nice. So now you've got, let's see, you've got a YouTube channel, you've got Instagram. Do you have two Instagram pages or just one? Um, I have a couple. The other one, one of them is like on uh, private and I get so many requests 
Um, and I wish I can respond to these requests and open it up, but I just, I can't find the password to this account. It's just a backup account. Cause at one time my account was shut down. Um, I think one, uh, it was like a day after the day I was announced uh, alpha tester with North genetics at one time. Um, all of a sudden my channel's taken away on Instagram. So I did make a backup channel on Instagram. I do have a YouTube channel and that's the only channel I have on YouTube. Um, it's the very first YouTube channel I've ever had. I was never even like visiting YouTube or looking at videos until I started the Northwest J channel. Got it. When was that launched? Uh, 2016 is when I did my very first video on YouTube. Okay. That's about when I think I started following you. Um, definitely. Yeah, man, you were like my channel. Yeah, you were like an early supporter and it was like a celebrity status when you like when you joined, like, you know, started supporting my channel. Oh, yeah, Mr. Grow It, dude. Uh, are you serious? So, um, yeah, um, it was 2016 when I when I first started uh, making videos for YouTube. And I just checked your channel now. You're up to 25,000 subscribers, man. So congrats on, on that. That's huge. Yeah, thank you. Um, it's actually been sitting at 25,000, and I deserve it. Uh, it's been sitting at 25,000 for probably a good six, eight months to a year. Um, I've been a little MIA on YouTube lately. Um, I get a lot of people messaging me all the time with huge support. Uh, hey, Jay, come back. We miss you. We miss you. You do have the occasional uh, person that comes through and you know th throws some slang at you, um, a little heated at you, but it's not a paid subscription. You know, I honestly, when I came on, I just wanted to do a video library. I was kind of like goaded into it from my buddies um, that grow with me. Uh, and they were like, dude, you have to do a channel. I'm like, well, why don't you do a channel? And they're like, well, you're the one that knows how to do like the editing and the camera work and stuff like that. And I'm like, all right. So I kind of started just updating and I don't know about you and the rest of the community, but it was around a time when, um, you know, Oregon was one of the, not the first state to be decriminalized, but one of the first groups of states to be decriminalized. And so we were allowed to um, start growing four plants. And um, I went down, you know, bought some equipment and started growing, but it was around a time that you still were afraid to type in marijuana into the search engine. So I was deathly afraid to even post my first video. And when I did, uh, you kind of like throw your phone because I filmed everything at the time on, on my phone. Um, you kind of want to throw your phone under the bed, shut it off, throw it under the bed and hide, you know, once you load your first video, because you don't know what's about to happen. So, yeah, uh, 2016 was the first time I, I started doing that. That's awesome. And uh, photography. So you're big into photography. You like to um, take pics of the plants. Actually, for those that don't know, Northwest J is actually in my book, Photography. So I actually had like I think like 10 different photographers that I contacted, and I loved your photography, man. Absolutely you, man. love it. It's insane. Thank um, you. I'll, I'll link your Instagram below and also your YouTube channel below so people can easily get to it. But check out his photography. It's amazing. Uh, it's featured in my book. You want to talk a little bit about your photography and how you got, got into that or... Uh, yeah. Um, and to talk about your book, um, you're so pro uh, when you hit me up about uh, picks. I'm like, uh, are you serious? I'm not going to sell any of my picks to Mr. Grow It. And you had like a contract ready for me. So, man, again, another honor, uh, celebrity status, you know, coming from Mr. Grow It. I've never experienced that before. And so whenever I do talk about photography, um, I can actually tell them, like, I have a contract with someone that actually purchased some of my photos, which is so rare uh, in this community right now um, to, to have that, uh, um, to have that, um, you know, option or, or that experience. And so again, thank you for your support. 
but I got into photography by um, Instagram. Uh, it was around 2017. I think I posted my first um, uh, picture on Instagram and it was for, it was, it was because I was testing for an, a genetics company and they wanted me to show my work on Instagram. They actually requested that I started an Instagram page and I didn't know anything about photography. Uh, really um, in 2000 to 2003, I did go to a film school uh, for three years uh, won some awards and, and got to do, you know, some, some pretty cool things. Um, I actually have one, one of my uh, uh, projects uh, was transferred onto 24 millimeter uh, film and it's just a policy trailer. It's like a minute long, but uh, it plays uh, before the movie starts in all of these uh, movie theaters. So it's just a trailer, like welcome to our theater uh, type thing. But I got to do that project. And so I did know a little bit about camera and lighting. Um, so when I jumped onto Instagram and I started taking photos, I was like, wow. Because um, first of all, I don't know if anyone out there has tried to actually take still photography of cannabis. It's not easy. Um, it is really hard because you see everything that your, your uh, plant is putting out. But when you take a picture of it, it just does not represent what you are seeing so it's really 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 hard um there's lighting involved um there's hundreds of shots that, that go into one photo for me and just to let people know to get them to feel a little bit better about if they try to do cannabis photography and it's just not working out to for me to get one photo that you see on instagram that people like it takes 20 30 40 to 100 shots and i literally will go through them uh, and find that very best photo that has that certain angle or just, you know, that, that certain you're picking up that, you know, something a little di different than the other one, or you can actually see a little more trichome showing, but blah, 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 blah. But to answer your question, it was when I first started on Instagram, took my first photo and I just wanted to keep getting better and better and better at it. And to this day, I still strive to be uh, better at it. And it's really hard, um, but it's super fun. And that's kind of my new passion right now is, uh, cannabis photography. That's awesome. Yeah. I, uh, I definitely try to take good pictures. I, I'm personally terrible at photography, so maybe I can learn a thing or two from you. It's, it's really funny hard. that people think that, you know, I, I do videography, right. And I make pretty decent videos, but when I go to the photography side of things, I'm just so bad and people automatically assume that if you're good at one thing, you're going to be good at the other. And it's just not the case. It's just so much other things to learn. Uh, when it comes to taking pictures versus taking videos. So it, it, it really, yeah. And it's, it's kind of like singing and dancing. Like you may be a great singer, a horrible dancer or vice versa. It's hard to be both, but um, to, to, to go along with what you're saying, um, I felt horrible at it. And every time I go to this day, I go to take a picture of a certain um, plant uh, man, sometimes I'm like, cussing in the background like what the hell is going on you know with me today like I can't see you know like now I'm wearing glasses and stuff like that so I can see a little bit better but it's really really difficult um sometimes I think some of us make it look easy but you're seeing the finished product you're not seeing what goes into getting that shot and it's really really hard it's a, it's a challenge Absolutely. Um, so switch it up. I want to talk about one more thing before we get into the topic today. Um, sure. So uh, you're part of a company called Prism Labs, right? So that's a genetics company, right? Correct. Can um, you tell me kind of how that was born and what you got going on there? Yeah. So the um, so I actually just recently stepped down uh, from co-owner uh, uh, of Prism Labs and it's on good terms. It's because we've kind of like branched off onto another product um, and it's candy. 
So, but to answer your question, Prism Labs was started from, um, I was a alpha tester for a genetics company about two years ago. And one of the uh, uh, co-owners of that company kind of branched off um, and they're, they're still doing their thing. Um, but he wanted to just do his own thing and, you know, kind of make it like a, um, uh, like, you know, his own strains, um, his own, his own work. And he brought me in, he says, Jay, um, you did great for us. Um, you built our website, you do a lot of photography, you know, like, you know, print work, you know, can be your thing with us. Would you like to help create the company? And so I basically came in and helped start up Prism Labs with uh, Chronic 420 Inc. Um, and he is an amazing breeder. Um, he put out five strains in our first year. And um, I basically just went in and, and I, I, he, I also had the honor of helping naming a couple of the strains like Curb Stomper and Rubik's. Um, I helped name those strains. So, that, I mean, that's, those are opportunities that you really don't have because I'm not a breeder. Um, I've always made the joke that Chronic is the uh, fashion designer and I'm the runway model. Um, I am not a breeder. Um, I know how to grow the shit out of uh, cannabis, but I'm not a breeder and I'm not even going to pretend to be. So now that I feel that my job is done at Prism, I help build the, the actual uh, team. Um, we have testers from all over the world, uh, male testers, female testers. Um, so it's like a really good um, uh, even group of just, you know, all sorts of growers. And, um, uh, I still represent the team. I still will be growing their, their genetics all the way through at least 2021. Um, but, um, I'm moving on to, um, edibles and, um, it was kind of branched off of that. So it's like the sister ship from, uh, prism. Gotcha. I actually have the entire line growing right now. Uh, I've got, uh, was it five different ones? I think I've got growing. I'm Fingers crossed that they're females. Yeah. <laughs> I actually set them off for DNA sex testing and I'm waiting to hear back Oh, nice. uh, to see if they're male or female, but uh, dude, I'm totally pumped because the, the pictures I seen you on Instagram, that just all looks fire. Every single one of those strains looks absolutely fire and, you know, credit to Chronic 420 for, for coming up with that. He's uh, mm -hmm. incredibly talented breeder for sure. He really is, man. And the lineup that he created this time around um, is unique. And I'm going to use the word unique, and then you can judge for yourself once you start to get flowers. But um, well, I know we're going to get into this topic a little bit later, but I, my last run I had, I started off with about 24 plants and ended up with 14 females. And I had 14 different phenos. And I had some crazy ones. Um, I don't know if you remember uh, sharpening your pencil in school and it got full and you had to empty out the little uh, sharpener container. And it's, you can smell the lead, the, the wood pencil shavings. I had a strain um, here or Fino uh, here recently that smelled and tasted like pencil shavings. You know what I mean? So like, this is almost like um, the jelly belly uh, lineup. Like you're going to get some unique flavors. I had another one that tasted like uh, that smelled and tasted like um, ballpark hot dogs. Uh, like, you know, like that steamy bun with just the hot dog and ketchup and mustard. So, and, and that's the sour diesel uh, uh, one that you got there. Um, I had another one that tasted like um, a bubble gum. We've had a blueberry. Um, we've just had dank, gassy flavors. Nice. I think that's a good transition into our topic today, phenol yeah. hunting. Yeah. So some of the questions uh, for the viewers, some of the questions I asked him, I know the answers to, um, such as talk about what's phenotype, what's genotype, but I'm still going to ask him and, and kind of get his uh, answer on, on that one. So. I may have to ask you what a genotype is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> 
Uh, so pheno, pheno hunting. Pheno stands for phenotype. And when we talk about phenotype, I feel like we should also mention genotype. So what is a genotype? So genotype for me, the best way to explain it is when you have a seed and that seed has a genetic code and that code is basically the blueprint to how your plant will grow. Um, Once you have a structured plant, now you're into phenotype and a phenotype can be um, like the physical traits like smell, um, color. And that's what I like to bring out in mine is, you know, the, the beautiful colors, a uh, trichome production. It could be um, uh, tall uh, uh, spears. You know, when it comes to the flower, it could be chunky. You know, those are your phenotypes and your genotype is created from the uh, genetic code of its parents. And those parents genetic code is created from their parents and so on and so on. Uh, phenotype is created from, Gina or genetics and environment. And that's how you get your phenotypes. And depending on climate and where you're at in the world, you might get different traits come out of that genetic code, um, you know, depending on environment. Yep. I think that's a good way to explain it. Genetic code, uh, genotype uh, defines the possibilities that the plant could have once grown, right? And then phenotype is the actual traits that the plants have, you know, those possibilities that come a reality, uh, you know, phenotypes, um, is what makes this particular taste, smell, shape, color, uh, potency out of hundreds of difference uh, of possibilities in the, in the genotype. So yeah, I think that was a good explanation of it. So what is pheno hunting then? Um, if you don't mind me, uh, just, uh, saying something real quick about, uh, the geno phenotype. Um, I do want to add back when it was like, you know, my parents, for them, it was sativa and indica. So there was several uh, different traits on the spectrum that were possibilities that can come out of that into a physical plant. Nowadays, we have, thanks to indoor growing, we have hybrids. Now, the, 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 the possibilities are endless. When you put an indica and a sativa together, and now we have all of these uh, different creations coming down the pipeline, it's really endless. And that's how we can get into pheno hunting. And I think that's what you're asking about right now. Uh, and that's what makes pheno hunting so fun. Um, and right now that's what I'm really into is pheno hunting for a few reasons. Um, I'm not really like the guy that's going to be popping two, 300 seeds to pheno hunt. Um, I have a five by five tent. I have limited space. So for any grower indoors, you have goals and you have limited space. And you have to work with that, um, work with what you got. And um, that's me. I'm no different than anyone else uh, that's inside of a, a bedroom or um, an off uh, uh, room, you know, next to a laundry room or something like that, or a garage or a basement. I'm no different than anyone else. I only have a certain amount of space and um, you can only work with uh, that. So I don't pop 300 seeds, 500 seeds. Uh, in a five by five, I might start off with trying to pop on average, at least 30 seeds. And I may take a pack of something and just, it's a, it's a guy, it's like a guess. It's like buying baseball cards or football cards. You know, you might spend $5 on that one special pack to get that hundred dollar card back when we were younger, you know, looking for those special cards. That's kind of like what, uh, pheno hunting is. It's the same thing. Um, you, you get a pack, um, and you open it up and out of like this orange cello pack right here, I will pop like five of these, like half the pack. 
hoping for at least one female. That's all I care about. And so if I pop 30 seeds and I get one female out of 30, and trust me, it's happened. Uh, I've had some very bad rounds where I've gotten a lot of males and just like two or three females, you make the best of it. And that means instead of growing in 31 gallon pots, if you had 30 females, I'm going to grow in seven gallon pots. If I only have three plants and I'm going to fill up that room. Um, so veg time might be a little bit longer to get that plant really big, you know, like you guys have seen in the past on my, uh, one plant, uh, one grow in that scrog. And I think it was ISO eight that I did that scrog that veg and people, people freak out sometimes. when I tell them like that veg took about four months to fill up that scrog. It is what it is. That's why I'm not a huge scrog fan. And plus, you know, you can't get over the top of it. Um, you have to work underneath it, but that was, uh, a created strain. Um, that was pheno hunted out of like 500 seeds. Um, but me personally, I just, I just, I will pop five seeds. Um, once it comes up, then I start looking at, is it easy to grow? That's one of my first things I look at when I'm pheno hunting. How easy is this plant to grow? Um, is it just, you show up, you feed it and it just produces from seed to harvest. That's, that's one good trait that I want to see. I don't have, it's not fighting me. It's not giving me issues. Um, I want that plant to grow and me, you know, tell my buddy like, man, this thing, it grew itself. So that's a nice trait to have. Um, another one is definitely the smells and the looks and the colors that it puts on. Um, another trait that I look for, is it photogenic? That's, that's something I'm looking for when I'm pheno, pheno hunting now. And um, here recently, now that I'm working with the edibles and um, the, the candy lineup with uh, nomad, uh, nomad, nomadic uh, concepts, um, now we're looking for specific traits and, and, and that's, um, smell and taste and, and the effects, um, we're looking for a high, um, effects and, um, you know, really good numbers. And we're looking for anything that will go good with candy. Like for instance, we have mango, um, habanero. So I'm actually going to be growing, uh, from another grower that gifted me a pack of seeds and I've grown them out once, but I'm going to be growing out a lemon mango haze. And I'm looking for a specific um, flavor that goes with mango habanero. So anything that has like that mango taste or that fruity taste or citrus taste, that's going to go into that that uh, specific piece of candy. Gotcha. So as far as like the number of seeds, you know, some people who are phenotyping, uh, pheno hunting, they're planting 100 seeds. There's some people that are planting 30 seeds, some people planting 10 seeds, five seeds. You're saying there's really, is there like a minimum amount or and a maximum amount that people should do for pheno hunting or is it really subjective or what? For me, in my opinion, I, I will never tell someone the right way or the wrong way of doing it. My, I, my If someone asked me like, hey, Jay, how many seeds should I plant? if I'm going to do a pheno hunt and I'd ask them, what, what are your goals? Like, first of all, how much space do you have? And they're like, I have a two by two. Well, you can't put 500 seeds in a two by two unless you're out in the garage and you want to do that. But what are you going to do with all those seedlings once they start popping? You know, what are you going to do? Like you only have a two by two space. You physically cannot do that. So you just have to start checking the boxes. And my basic answer to pheno is have fun with it. If you're creating a strain, you might have to pop that many seeds to find certain things because you're looking for males and females. I'm only looking for females. I'm not looking for males at all. Um, so my answer would be is just have fun with it. And that's exactly what I do with it. I just have fun with it. And like I said, it's kind of like opening up that pack of baseball cards when you were younger. You don't know what's inside there. And you open it up and all of a sudden you see that foil shiny card and it's worth 100 bucks or something like that. You're like, wow, that's a keeper. 
you know, I can do something with that, but you didn't know it was coming. You know, don't, I don't have expectations. I, I kind of like, I like that, that uh, element of surprise. And that's the fun part of growing for me is I'm not looking. I think if you start looking into it, like, oh, I have to have this, I have to have that and this and that. And it takes you uh, four or five months to get to that point And you don't get there. You're going to start hating life in the, when it comes to growing me, I love it completely because I'm not expecting anything and everything I produce I'm happy with there's, I'm not saying everything, uh, you know, hundred percent that I produce, um, is, you know, I'm, I, I'm happy with, cause there's sometimes I've grown beautiful plants that don't smoke. Right. And then I've grown some ugly plants that I cannot uh, film or for, uh, sh- you know, uh, shoot photography with, but it's been some of the most amazing, um, you know, uh, smoke I've ever had. So I just say, have fun with it. If you're just a home grower and you're not looking to create a business or create a strain out of it, take a step back and just have fun with it. Like have fun with it and lower your expectations because when you do get that keeper, you know, you're going to be excited and that's what, that's what makes it fun. And that's exactly what I do. I'm not looking for anything in particular other than like here recently, I'd say in the past year, I've been looking for like anything fruity, candy, like a dessert. I'm looking for the desserts right now. So that's a great point. So, you know, as a pheno hunter, um, you know, there are certain characteristics that, you know, the grower, it's up to the grower to determine what those characteristics are, right? Uh, And some people are going to be kind of more strict than others, I feel like, right, Uh, when it comes to it. So uh, you said you, as far as the characteristics, I mean, there's several different things that people can look at, right? Um, So some of the things you had already mentioned, uh, I do have a list here, uh, growth structure, you know, the plant's height, weight, build, density, and root strength, hardiness, the plant's reaction to temperature, dependence on water, resistance to mold and pests, overall strength, terpene profile, the aroma coming from each flower, appearance, the bud's color and structure, trichomes. Uh, I don't know if you looked that deep into trichomes. Are they lanky with small heads or short stocked with fat heads? Uh, peak maturity, some people look at uh, how early is the plant ready for harvest? So any of those things, do you kind of look at any of those things that I mentioned or all of it? Oh, really? All of okay. It. Yeah. Everything you mentioned, I definitely, um, and, but there, you know, those are groups within, within groups that I'm looking for. But yeah, like I said, as soon as like, for example, if I, uh, pop a seed or, or let's say I pop 30 seeds and all of them pop up day one. Okay. That's a good sign. Those are some pretty strong genetics there. Now I got some, uh, nice little seedlings. Um, so we put, put them into dirt and all of a sudden they're popping out of dirt, uh, within uh, a day or two. Now in my experience, and I've popped a lot of seeds. Um, I'm not going to say thousands. I'm going to say I've popped a, a few hundred. Um, and I know there's growers out there that have popped thousands and thousands and thousands. Um, I mean, chronic, the creator of, uh, prism labs. I know he has popped thousands of seeds. Um, and there's no wrong or right answer to any of this. It's just depending on what your goals are, you know, that's what you should be doing. That's how you should be judging your pheno hunting and stuff. So when you put the seeds in the dirt and they pop out in a couple of days, for me in particular, I'm not looking for like the fastest, uh, you know, seedling that sprouts and all of a sudden it's two inches out of the dirt and all of a sudden it's got its first set of leaves. I'm looking for the one that's struggling behind because in my experience, these uh, squatter plants, these runts are more potent 
And, um, and I'm not saying all of them, I'm just saying in my experience, and usually those are more go along the, the lines of the blueprint of that. Those are your females. Um, in my experience when I'm growing plants and they're boom, oh man, you know, when they're in that, they're developing their second or third node, uh, of full leaves, you're like, wow, what a beauty. And then you go to flower it and you and you love all this, this the stem rubs and you love the structure of this thing and the leaves look great and it looks beasty it's a boy nine times out of ten for me it's a boy so i'm always looking for when i pheno hunt um i'm patient i'd never get rid of a plant until i can f- decide if it's male or female and i need to see uh exact evidence um i'm not guessing because sometimes i've seen uh, uh calyx stretch and they look like they're going to be male but then there's that they keep stretching and stretching and stretching and all of a sudden, boom, a pistol comes out. I've been fooled before. So I am a very patient man when it comes to uh, uh, waiting for the male and the females to identify themselves. But I've, in my experience, I most likely when you have smaller plants, uh, smaller growth, they're going to lean towards the female end of it. So that's something I'm definitely looking for. And then once we get into like a fuller plant, I'm looking at stem rub and I only do stem rubs in the same spot. I don't go all over my plant. I kind of just do it early on, on the stem and I smell it. And if I smell like skunky, like, or, an, uh, or an, uh, a distinct odor coming off of it, that's another good sign. Cause I've had others where I don't smell nothing. So then we look for like how you were talking about how easy is this thing to grow? Is it accepting water? Um, you know, uh, on a schedule, is it, is this thing, you know, um, a pain when it comes to like, you, you know, it's, it's on, cause I've had growers ask me like, Hey Jay, what's wrong with this plant? It's on the same feeding schedule as everything else. It's got the same light schedule. It's in the same environment. What is wrong with this plant? It's the only one that's giving me problems. Well, those are some of the traits coming out of that, uh, genetic code saying, there's an issue with this plant. It's a bitch to grow. So that's something I don't look forward to, but I do continue to ride that, that bull like you would in the rodeo. I never get off of it. I'm going to grow it out no matter how bad um, the growing experience was. Cause the end results for me is definitely the smoke. And I think a lot of us lose sight of that. Sometimes we get so into filming our plants and showing the plants and the plants, the plants, but my end results are what is that effect? How is that medicine um, reacting to me? And the people I give it out to, I give out a lot um, of flower on a lot of my grows because I want to know where I'm at. And um, I haven't heard anything bad yet. Um, I think the same compliments I get on everything is number one, how clean it is, um, how smooth and then um, uh, the rest of the comments are like, you know, it was two hitter quitter um, you know, lights out. So I really do look in when I'm pheno hunting and if I'm going to make a clone to grow something again, I'm really looking, um, for like basically how easy is it to grow? And if it's super easy to grow and it shows off great colors and it's, uh, I can get some nice uh, photos off of it and, and the smoke is great. Uh, I want to keep it and I want to grow with it again. So that's my type of pheno hunting. And I just let the plant surprise me. Um, you know, with, with its results. Gotcha. And, uh, you already kind of touched on my next question here, but, uh, kind of want to go back to it is, is when do you start killing off plants? Now, uh, you know, some phenol hunters, what they'll do is they'll plant a bunch of seeds. And then once it pops in the medium, they'll monitor that growth for the first, 
you know, 20, 30 days or whatever, and they'll start killing off plants pretty early. Like I know some pheno hunters, they kill off seedlings. Um, now you had mentioned that you wait all the way until the plant shows signs of sex. So whether that be like late veg or early flower, once you, you flip to 12, 12. Um, now you had mentioned earlier that you only pheno hunt females. You don't pheno hunt males. So I'm assuming that you're killing off. Once you see a, a male, you're immediately killing that off. Is that correct? Exactly. Yeah. And, um, I have never killed a plant unless it was male and I'm, I'm just not collecting them. I'm not a breeder. Um, like I said, I'm the, I'm the runway model. Um, you give me seeds, I'll grow them out and I will pull, uh, that genetic code out of that seed, uh, to the best of my ability. Cause one of the things that I think I pride myself on is environment. Um, I haven't had a single grow in about, I'd say three years that has had a, a drop of tap water in it. Um, I'll take my wife's, uh, water bottles. If I'm out of like water, cause I don't have an RO system. I have water brought in, in five gallon jugs. And if I'm out of water and it's feeding day, um, we always have like a flat of like the Alhambra, um, or the, um, Aquafina bottles. Uh, I'll start grabbing those and, uh, dumping them in there. Um, but my plants have never had a drop of top tap water in it in over three years. Um, I'm always hitting perfect temperatures, uh, 78 degrees. Uh, when my lights go off, um, I'm at that minus 10, uh, nighttime temperature. So like, you know, my, if I'm at 78, my lights or my temperatures don't drop below 68, uh, until late flower. Then that's when I start manipulating. Um, you know, but the point to what I'm saying is, is, uh, my environment is how I basically, you know, control, um, my grows clean environment. Got yeah. Got it. Got it. So you kill off the males and then um, you, so you keep all the females all the way until the end, huh? You're not killing off females during the flowering stage. If you I have never killed traits. off. Nope. I've never killed off a plant. Cause I'm telling you the end result is like, what are you killing if you haven't smoked it yet? So for me, uh, I've never killed a plant unless it's a male and I pulled it out of its, out, out of its, uh, out of the rotation. Uh, and that's every time I've never, ever kept a male in my life. Um, and, but the, the females, um, I don't kill them off until harvest time. Um, and some of them technically I'm not killing them off cause I'm cloning them. Um, I clone everything before I send it into flower. Cause you just never know, like, man, I got that unicorn and I didn't even know it. Do you imagine you finally found that unicorn that you've been looking for and you didn't clone it? Um, so, and I'm not really into revegging. I did a reveg here recently, but uh, it's such a pain, man. I'd rather just clone it before flower, but I've never, ever killed off a plant for being difficult. One of the most difficult plants I've ever grown out is isoate. And I, I've grown that plant out, uh, four times. I finally killed it off because I got permission from the breeder. Um, and we verified that he still had his cut. So it's the cut is still out there. The original cuts out there. I no longer have it. Cause I'm telling you, it was, it was like a rodeo, this, this plant, it was the most, it was the heaviest feeder I've ever had. And it's never happy. Um, sometimes, uh, in veg, you feel like, man, I, I, can I just keep pumping it, you know, with food? I mean, it hasn't had a water break in, you know, almost three weeks. <laughs> so, and it's just, it kept, the more you feed it, the more it wanted it. And the more it wanted, it. I hated it. I hated, I hated growing that plant. So I never killed it off until I found out, um, it was, um, in someone else's vault and they had control over it. Um, but unless it's harvest time and I'm harvesting a plant, um, no, I never, ever in my life have killed off a plant. 
I've even dropped equipment on plants and split them down the middle and duct taped them back and, and finished the grows uh, on them. So it would have to be something really, really bad uh, for me to ever kill off a plant uh, other than a male. Got it. And correct me if I'm wrong, you, you grow all of them in soil. And then do you do anything different with like feeding at all? Like I know some will like kind of stress their plants a little bit, whether it be like make it deficiencies or, um, you know, maybe heavy feed or anything. Do you do anything at all different or just kind of the same like you normally grow? I don't like to stress my plants out a lot um, at all. Um, the only type of stress that I'll do to a plant is defoliating a little bit on the bigger plants. Like, so like a scrog or like the, you know, the big seven gallon pots and stuff like that, or even like a three gallon plot pot that, you know, gets the big fat leaves and is blocking uh, lower nodes. I will defoliate, but I don't do a leaf strip. I do what I call selective deleafing. And um, that's basically if you have uh, your plant and there's a leaf set, I won't take both leaves. I'll take just one leaf from that set. So you're still feeding that node with at least one leaf. Um, I don't strip everything down. I'm not saying uh, it's right or wrong or this or that, but I'm more of a grower to answer your question. I give my plants love. I don't like to stress them out. And when I do de-leaf, I don't touch them other than feed them for at least seven to 10 days. I let them fully recover and then I'll, I'll try to manipulate them a little bit. But um, in a lot of my videos that I've done, um, I've actually shown the opposite of, of um, stress training. I do low stress training. So that's why, you know, you see me use pipe cleaners. If you have uh, like the T5 grow I did, um, I did like, you know, manipulated the plant a little bit with pipe cleaners to kind of open it up to get more light uh, into that area. But um, I don't like to stress my plants out. In fact, when I have seedlings, um, I bottle feed my sprouts uh, all the way up until they develop about their second or third full node, true leaves. Then I'll take them off the bottle. That's no joke. pH, um, RO water, uh, spray bottles. So I don't like to move that seedling around at all. I don't like to disturb it. I like it to get well-rooted. I don't mess with it. And then when it gets into that certain um, stage, then I just let it uh, live life. And I monitor, I used to monitor my PMs, um, you know, the runoff coming out, uh, my PPMs, but I don't anymore with this new, uh, uh, nutrient lineup that I'm using. I'm using Lotus nutrients and I don't have to pH anymore. And I don't have to do, um, a parts per million runoff, but to back up a little bit here, I, I, I used to be that grower every time I fed my plants. I don't care if it's just straight water or food, proper pH. If you're growing in soil, 6.5 is my magic spot. And then um, uh, uh, I'd read the, the parts per million. And depending on this, the growth or your stage of growth, whether you're in early vegetation or late vegetation, early flower, late flower, I had a range, even seedling range, um, never to exceed um, its, its uh, runoff, the part, you know, the PPM runoff. So I've always been a grower that's mon monitored and uh, no stress. Gotcha. And then I, I kind of want to go back to the, the stem rub that you had talked about. Um, that's uh, something that I've practiced in the past. I did a small phenol hunt before. Um, I did it for uh, a strain that a hybrid that I created, which was a brisk OG, 
by Square One Genetics across what Pakistan Valley by World of Seeds. Nice. And I did a small, smaller pheno hunt. Uh, and step rub, the stem rub technique is something that I did do. Um, can you explain what the step, uh, the, why can I not talk, <laughs> what the stem rub technique actually is and like tips on how to do it? Because you can't use the same finger, right, for <laughs> all, the, all the different plants, right? Because wouldn't that throw that off a bit? You can't. So, um, and there's no right way of doing this or wrong way of doing it. But I will give you an example of what, because I know what you're talking about. You can't. Once you've used these two fingers and you've done a stem rub on one plant and you got 12 others that you want to do it to. um, One of the things I've started to do is I'll roll up my sleeves and I will take my arm and I'll lightly just brush a section of my wrist. Kind of like if you're trying on, like if a female's trying on perfume or cologne, they'll spritz that area and they'll smell it. And then I'll do a stem rub, uh, not really a stem rub, but the leaf, you know, the bottoms of the leaves, the big, I'll find the biggest leaf on the plant and I'll just rub my, the, the underarm, uh, my forearm uh, on it in different areas or the top of my uh, hand or use these two fingers. So you can get several and then you could sit there and literally smell the different, uh, you know, traits that are coming out of these plants. Um, that's the way I do it. And I think that's actually pretty cool because it's kind of like a palette. You, you, you've built yourself a palette on your arms and that's how I do it. And it's really, it's generous on the plant. You're just rubbing. We've all reached in the garden to grab a pot or a tag to see, okay, what plant is that that's giving me issues back there? Oh, it's such and such. And when you reach back and you pull out and and then you're sitting on the couch watching TV and all of a sudden you're like, man, it smells rich. And and you go to smell your arm and you're like, oh, it's because I rubbed up against that plant. So that's how I do my stem rubs. I I don't really do it like on the stem stem, um, except for like an early um vegetation when the plants are like small but once the plants start getting bigger i just i just rub my um sections of my arm um on them and i really get those smells uh distinct smells so if you're pheno uh, hunting 100 different plants you probably need more than two arms (laughs) (laughs) you might want to bring yeah you might want to bring uh some handy wipes with you (laughs) but that's hard that's hard to do man that's if if i was put in that position i'd have to do that and like 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 in sections, you know, like, you know, just maybe check these 10 this day and check these 10. I mean, you're always checking your plants, but I'm talking about stem rub. Maybe I'll do these 10 today, stem rub, and I'll do a report. And then I'll check these 10. Cause I do, I'm a, I'm that grower that's, I'm so anal about everything. Like I write down everything. Um, I got logs of grows that I've done from 2008, 2009. Um, that, I mean, you name it. Uh, I'll talk about the day, uh, the height, uh, how many nodes, um, issues it's having the exact uh, uh, PPM of food that I've put into it. So I get really like crazy with it. Sometimes it's, we all have a, a little bit of ADD or OCD in us as a grower. You have to. And I hear that a lot, um, including from like the people that you've interviewed on your shows and people on my show. Um, you do hear people talk about that all the time. And you're like, wow, I have that definitely as a grower. And it kind of makes you a better grower. It makes you focus on what you want to accomplish. Absolutely. Okay. So you've done your pheno hunt, uh, you've grown, you, you killed out the males, you've got, you're growing the females all the way until the end. At what point do you select the keeper pheno? And do you only have one keeper? Do you have multiple keepers? So for me, again, um, like I was talking about, I don't ever kill off a plant until I've smoked it. Um, I don't know what keeper I have until I've smoked it. Um, and I have to, you know, harvest 
And then when you're harvesting it, you know, you, you see things with it. You're like, okay, that's nice. Ooh, look at underneath these leaves and look at all the trichomes. This thing's pulling off and blah, blah, blah. Um, but then I will, um, after I har uh, harvest the plant, I've trimmed it. Now we're into the curing. And um, I have a certain technique of curing that works for me um, because of where I live here in Oregon. Um, you know, it's, it's a little more um, colder, damper. Uh, it's not as hot like how, you know, some of these people like, you know, live out in uh, Arizona and stuff like that. Your curing methods might be a little bit different. Um, drying methods might be a little bit different, you know, when you're, when you're drying your plants. But um, after I've uh, cured and I've done my burping and stuff like that, and it's been about a month of curing, then I start judging my clones that are in my room. Then I can sit there and I, and I judge it in every different way possible. Um, I try it out of um, rolling papers. Um, I'll roll them up into um, uh, blunts. Um, I'll put them into glass pipes, uh, plastic bongs. I'll do it in every style of smoking. I can just, you know, to enjoy my smoke, my flower that I created. And then I really start picking it apart. And, um, if it's good smoke, then I start asking myself, okay, what pheno was this? And I'll go in the closet and I'll start looking at it. And as a clone, it still looks great. It's not giving me issues. It, it looks like I can plant this thing. Um, and then I started asking myself, like, was this one an easy grow? And I'll start looking at my notes. Um, most of the time, though, is as much time as you're with your plants, like myself, like the notes are so useless because you know what plant uh, was the easy one to grow. Like, because the entire time you, you open up your room, you're like, you're a proud parent. You're like, there's my all star, you know, and if that's the one that was really easy to grow and you're enjoying the smoke out of all of them, um, I'll keep it. And I always have at least one keeper on me at all times. Um, so right now, currently I only have two keepers in my entire collection and I'm growing those right now. And, uh, one of them, there's, it, there's not like a lot of like distinct smells or anything like that, but the smoke is fantastic. I do have an orange cello keeper that is just amazing. Um, and then I have a Rubik's keeper and Rubik's is like a very big yielder. Um, the buds are massive. Um, um, but that one smells and tastes exactly like Hawaiian punch. And I'm not saying tropical punch. I'm saying Hawaiian punch, like the drink, um, the, you know, the red drink. It smells and tastes exactly like that. And that uh, these two uh, keepers um, that I have currently right now, and right now they're in um, uh, each of them are in 10 gallon pots. So they're be currently being grown into huge plants. Um, those are all for the candy lineup. So we have the, the blue diamonds, which is the Hawaiian punch. And then we have um, the orange cello that has been made into like all different types of flavors, like the mango habanero and uh, blackberry lemonade. So those are my two keepers right now. And then right. And then when I have my uh, current grow uh, up and running for YouTube in this new series, I'm definitely looking for, you know, like more citrusy, like lemon. I'm looking for a lemon fino uh, this run uh, for sure. And then you, you kind of touched on it, but I want to dig a little bit deeper. Is how do you keep track of all this stuff? I mean, you've got 30 plus plants or whatever. I know you said you have notes that you keep. Do you keep notes uh, like online through like an Excel spreadsheet? Do you just have a, a notebook? And then what are some of the things that you kind of put in the notes, maybe like key things that you kind of track? Uh, so, yeah. So um, I, I think I mentioned a little bit earlier, but I basically I'm old school, man. Uh, it's a, a, a big pen. 
and uh, I got a blue one and a red one. And if there's um, no issues, uh, everything's in blue. And if there's issues, you'll see a couple lines in red. And the red might be um, I fed it um, a certain amount of nutrients and the uh, parts per million just was through the roof on the runoff. And I'm like, wow, I'm way out of range. That's going to go in red. Like, what did I do to get this plant so out of range? But I don't panic. A lot of people are like, oh, I got to flush my plant. I got to pull it out of the dirt and flush it in the toilet and, you know, whatever. I got to, I got to, I got to fix this thing. No, you don't. Uh, when you're reading those ranges and they're out, it doesn't mean you're going to kill off your plant. It just means that you have to water next. And so maybe I'll have to just do two or three straight pH clean waters. And it's not a run, it's not a huge runoff. Um, you know, it's like a, it's like a 20% runoff. It's kind of like uh, if you're using, like back in the days, I used to uh, use advanced nutrients a lot. So that would be like a saltier uh, synthetic type food. Um, so I would do like uh, in, with the, um, in with the new and out with the old. I would, I do, you know, do a little bit of like 20% leaching, I guess you would call it and read the runoffs. But um, in my notes, uh, I basically just, you know, I'll, I'll do like a red pin on like, okay, you need the water two times in a row on this particular plant and all my plants are named. So if I'm growing orange cello and I have six of them, um, they all read on like, so one bucket on, you know, duct tape with a, a Sharpie pen will say OC one, OC two, OC three, all the way to six. And then if I have, uh, you know, if OC three and OC six are female and the rest are male in my notes, even though it doesn't mean anything in the future, I'll put OC one was a male and I'm keeping these other two because they're female. And then, you know, I got my female select selected for the OC line, you know, the orange cellos. My notes are just basically for me personally. I don't load them on the internet. I've had people request them. Hey, Jay, I'm growing white widow. Can I have your white widow notes? No, those are my notes. Um, that's my personal diary. And it's not to be mean, but it's just like, if you, I gave them my recipe in my environment, in my climate, they're not going to have the same results. And next thing you know, they're hitting me up like, Jay, I gave this thing, um, you know, a, a, a quarter tablespoon of this and a, you know, a teaspoon of this and my plants all fucked up. Like you're lying. No, I'm not. It's just, I had a different environment. I had a different, you know, experience with it. And then I started asking people questions all the time too. Like, you know, your, your, your water, like, what is your water? Well, I live in uh, Oceanside, California and my, uh, my, my tap water is coming out at 750 parts per million. Well, right there, you're out of range. If you're in week one of veg, and you feed your plants tap water, you're out of range. Like the range you're giving your, your plants, you know, with that type of tap water, you should be in like, you know, mid to late veg. So <laughs> lots of good stuff. So what advice do you have to, for someone who's maybe new to phenol hunting? My advice would be just have fun and grow, grow, grow. That's what I say at the end of all my videos. And it's not to be, you know, cheesy or cliche or anything like that. I say that because when I first started growing, I was the absolute worst grower on the planet. I guarantee it. My first run ever was in a closet with um, an actual 1000 watt lamp, uh, old school butterfly hood, um, uh, the magnetic ballast things bzz, buzzing all night. I mean, my girlfriend would be with me in the room. She's like, what the hell is that sound in that closet? It sounds like a bomb about to go off. Um, it was the absolute worst, man. And then uh, my seedlings would pop out of the dirt and I'd get like two or three nodes and I'd flip it into flower and try to do like the sea of green. Uh, and by the time you're done, I was getting like less than an eighth off of each pot. 
So, and I, you know, and you don't know any better, man. I was giving it like miracle Grow sticks. You know, you put the miracle Grow sticks inside the dirt to feed it and just water it and stuff. And it was a mess. So I did get a hold of some uh, dudes from Humboldt uh, County, I hung out with them. I learned a lot of outdoor growing, which I don't do, but there was one dude that was like, dude, I do indoor growing, uh, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, tell me what you got. And, um, that's basically, um, you know, how I got into, got into growing, uh, on the level that I'm at now is just by making mistakes and grow, grow, grow. You continue to grow. So my advice to people, pheno hunting would be just grow and have fun. Don't have high expectations and really, um, enjoy what you did, whether it's good or bad, uh, enjoy that end result, uh, you know, roll it up and enjoy that end result and then, um, grow some more. So just have fun with it would be my advice to anyone out there, uh, unless you have money involved and you have a facility and you have uh, creations and a you know a, you know a business. There's different goals for everyone. So depending on who who you are and your goals, I I would just say have fun with it. If you're just like the basic grower at home grower like myself, I think that's great advice. So I definitely think we just kind of scratched the surface here. We could probably talk about phenol hunting for three or four more hours, but we'll we'll wrap things it's up fun, here. It's fun, man. It's fun. <laughs> I definitely appreciate you uh, coming on to the show today and uh, spitting your knowledge about uh, phenol hunting, something that you do a lot of uh, and you've been doing for a while now. So um, how can the listeners find you and what do you have upcoming in the future? So anyone can uh, find me on Instagram. Um, it's just Northwest J on Instagram. Um, and then on YouTube, I just have my one YouTube channel. Um, there's a couple other platforms like the weed tube and cannabis. Um, I have been dipping my toes into those because, you know, man, as a content creator for YouTube, it is difficult. Um, I actually have a pretty high, like you get those thumbs down, blah, blah, blah. And, and sometimes those can get to you. They used to for me a years ago when I first started, I'm like, wow. I did a giveaway and I got three thumbs down. Like who puts a thumbs down on a giveaway? Like I'm giving away, I'm shipping to you for free. And I got, those used to really make me upset because you're just trying to help the community. You're just trying to give people opportunities to, 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 you know, to have something, but um, you can find me on YouTube, uh, Instagram, cannabis and whatnot. And the reason why I mentioned cannabis is because the YouTube is just, it's gotten to the point where, you know, you, when you look at your, uh, your, your numbers on YouTube, I actually have like a 96% approval rate. So like my thumbs up versus thumb down is not that bad. And I know that's going to trigger people to go place the thumbs down. I really don't care, man. I'm not doing this for any other reason other than I'm just sharing. Um, I have a talent. I know I got one and I'm just putting it out there and sharing. And then it got to a point where I thought I built a library and I just disappear, but there's people that actually care about you and you myself have developed relationships like with you, um, Mr. Canucks, uh, all three of us have lost and I'm not comparing myself to you or Mr. Canucks in any way, but I'm just, I am in that category where all three of us have lost our channels at one point and we've had to lean on each other to get that community back to find out like, Hey, uh, Mr. Groat lost his channel, but you can find him here. Um, Northwest Jay lost his channel. There was a few times that Canucks uh, has lost his platform multiple times on Instagram and uh, YouTube. And, um, you know, you do a shout out video and, you know, it's just how we support each other. Um, but uh, the reason why I'm mentioning Cannabis again, and I'm like <laughs> ranting about it <clears throat> is 
that's kind of like my safe zone right now. Um, so I don't have a lot of content on Cannabuzz or the weed tube, but I, I am starting to switch towards those platforms. Um, and, and kind of just, um, that way, if something does happen to my YouTube channel or Instagram, um, which at this point, Hey, it is what it is. Uh, if it ever gets to that, but, um, I do think I'm going to be start hanging out on those platforms, uh, a little more and also showing off my photography. Um, uh, like, you know, I had the opportunity with you to be in the book, uh, Leafly actually has reached out to me and said, are we allowed to use your content? And they have, um, and they've, you know, posted with my photos and stuff like that. So I don't want to go away from this. Um, I did take a break from YouTube and I lost half of, uh, my, um, uh, viewers, um, because most of them have learned how to grow and they've, they've moved on. So if you're watching my channel, it's, be, it's because you enjoy watching me. Um, cause you support my channel like yourself, like you're not learning how to grow, but my channel is basically to teach people how to grow with the basics, you know, using the basics and using what you got. Um, I'm the first guy that'll tell you, uh, if you ask me an opinion on how to grow, I will give you my advice, but I'm also going to tell you, go ask 10 others and get your way learn how you're going to grow with your environment and with the equipment you have. Um, I'm also one of the only growers, um, not to like brag about myself, but I'm just putting it out there that, uh, you know, even though I had an HPS system, metal highlight, I still took bag seeds and a T5 just to show people it's not that serious. You, you can, I can pretty much grow with a high powered flashlight and a bag seed at this point. Um, and, and the reason why I'm saying that is because I don't think people out there should have they shouldn't have it in your head like, oh, I have to have the, the most fancy LED light. I have to have these, I have to have, you know, these soils and, you know, these nutrient light. You don't have to have any of that. Uh, give your plants, you know, a good home, a clean environment, clean water and, uh, you know, pH, pH, pH um, if you need to. But um, just give your plants what they want and, uh, and have fun with it. So definitely catch me on YouTube, Instagram, and uh, look for me on Cannabuzz and the WeTube. I will provide links down in the description section below so people will be able to navigate to where you are and uh, follow along. Jay, once yep. again, thank you so much for coming onto the channel today. Definitely a lot of good information within this video, and I think the, the viewers are going to enjoy this one. So thanks. Thank you once again, and I uh, hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Yeah, you too, man. I really appreciate it. And uh, to everyone out there, just stay positive and grow that fine herb. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Garden Talk. Please leave a rating and review if you haven't done so already. It helps the podcast out tremendously. So thank you to everyone who takes the time to do that. And I will leave it at that. Until next time, peace.